Warren Buffett, BlackRock, and other institutional players dominate investments in commercial aviation. Why? Because it's one of the most profitable and predictable alternative assets that exists. And it's not tied to other markets such as real estate and the stock market. Is it safe? Well, imagine triple net leases to the likes of American Airlines and British Airways. Income is contractual and guaranteed by some of the biggest named airlines in the world. That's why this kind of investment was never available to the ordinary accredited investor. That is until now. Visit accesswealthaviation.com and check it out for yourself. Invest in an institutional team with over 200 plus years of combined investment experience in the aviation sector. Conservative investing with double digit returns and tax advantages. That's accesswealthaviation.com. Accesswealthaviation.com. You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast coming to you from Santa Barbara, California, Montecito to be exact. And before we get started, I want to remind you of a few things. First of all, this podcast uh, is housed at a website called wealthformula.com. I encourage you to go there for a variety of reasons, including a lot of uh, free resources and and videos and and also an opportunity to join some of our other lists, uh, including the Accredited Investor Club. Uh, if you are an accredited investor, this is a great opportunity for you to join our group and potentially see some opportunities uh, that uh, you might like to deploy capital into. Uh, check that out again. Investor Club is at wealthformula.com. Also, if you are interested, make sure you check out our online community that we have called Wealth Formula Network. That starts with a course. The course then morphs into a community that's online. We have a Facebook group. We have bi-weekly Zoom video calls. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, check that out. Um, as for the upcoming event in Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, it is sold out. We, you know, part of it is because we try to keep it small, right? I'm not really out there to try to have like a thousand people out there. We just want to have like a, you know, a small group and uh, it really gives us the chance to kind of get to know each other. And the best part of it is going to be meeting you in person. So I'm excited for those of you who are coming, uh, make sure you you know, you, you find me and, uh, let's have some, uh, let's, let's catch up and get to know each other. That of course is, uh, coming up pretty soon. That's October 1st and 2nd. And, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you now as for today's show. Um, you know, when I first read the cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki and, and you, if you listen to my show, you know, I credit Robert with sort of, uh, the, morphing of my, uh, uh, you know, my own personal financial, well, really my whole life, really. I think I became an entrepreneur because of that book, because it really triggered something in me. And that's why I refer to it as the purple pill. But one of the things I was fascinated uh, in that book, beyond this whole quadrant and good types of income to have and not so good types of income to have, and the idea of being an entrepreneur, was this idea that I think a lot of people have when they read the Kiyosaki books about, you know, uh, passive income. And I was fascinated by the concept of using earned income 
to produce streams of passive income that would eventually become a great river that would replace one's earned income altogether. And that is a, you know, that's obviously a very appealing idea, right? And that concept uh, is great. And it's now what I call wealth 1.0. And it's really, actually, it's, you know, it's beyond, you know, it's beyond that because wealth, uh, you know, the rudimentary investing ideas in my head are just being stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. But this is, well, I call in our alternative space a wealth 1.0. And you see, while the concept is appealing, the math is not. So why is that? Well, let's just do some simple math to understand the challenges we have. So, you know, most of our group, most of our listeners are high paid professionals. They're people who are, you know, doctors and entrepreneurs and lawyers and business people who, who make quite a bit of money. Um, but say, for example, you make a half million dollars per year. Okay. And then let's assume then that, um, you know, you're paying 30% of that in taxes per year. That's probably, you know, you're probably paying more than that if you're a W-2 person, but let's just say it's 30%. And that would leave you with about $350,000. Now, Let's be generous here and see that out of that remaining $350,000, you invest $200,000 per year into something that yields a consistent 8% cash on cash, which I should say is very difficult to get a consistent, reasonable 8% cash on cash these days. But that's another story altogether. Now, if that were the case, right, if you're getting 8% and you were you know, you're investing $200,000 per year, how much would you have to deploy out of your pocket, out of your earned income to replace your your $500,000 a year income? Well, the answer ends up being like $6,250,000. And if you are investing $200,000 per year, how long would that take you to get there? And that's when it becomes sort of depressing. You see, it would take you about 31.25 years. And by the time that 31.25 years uh, came, uh, your $500,000 probably wouldn't be worth nearly as much as it is today. So then you're, you know, you're back to square one. Okay. I will say, and I admit what I've used here is very simplified. It's a simplified model, but I think you get the point. This idea is what I'm calling linear cash flow. It's linear, right? It's just like you put money in, you get it out. Uh, it's, a, it's like simple interest versus compounding. So linear cash flow growth is not particularly efficient to get you to your goals. It just takes a long time. It's very, very difficult. And when I realized that, you know, the whole uh, concept of that whole thing kind of, you know, just was like, well, there's, there's got to be a better way than that. Well, there is a better way, uh, in my humble opinion, and that's what I have now uh, labeled as Wealth 2.0. And that is described by what I consider the mathematical wealth formula, which is wealth is equal to mass times velocity and times leverage. So it's, you know, it's hard to describe, but I put, you know, wealth equals and then mass and velocity in parentheses and leverage. You know what I mean? You remember from math, right? Anyway, mass 
uh, is simply how much you invest. That's, that's all it is. Um, in the formula I just described, uh, if you invested twice as much, you know, $400,000 per year instead of $200,000 per year, you'd get there in half the time, right? Velocity is the amount of time it takes for you to get your money back from your initial investment and to redeploy it into the next opportunity. Now, leverage, you know what leverage is. It's good debt. We can amplify our results with using bank money and like mortgages or anything else that can lever our investment. Sometimes that's people too. Now, practically speaking, significant growth in your wealth can be obtained by deploying as much capital into your investments into leverage assets that can be quickly refinanced or divested because that will then allow you to recycle capital rather than simply using the new earned income uh, to grow your wealth, right? I'm hopefully, hopefully that's making sense. I assume it will. You can always, you know, replay this because, you know, you can push that 15 second button on, on your uh, smartphone. Anyway, so here's, here's a well-known example of how that works. You may have heard me talking about this. You may have heard, you know, Tim McCleary talking about this from Western Wealth Capital. But one of the early investors in Western Wealth Capital, you know, invested in a multiple assets, multiple offerings, um, about $750,000. Not at once, right? This is over a couple of years, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time in, in multiple deals. And through a series of refinances and investments, um, that money in you know about six years, uh, the principal is now worth over four million, so seven hundred fifty thousand to four million. Now, so in our our early example, you know of wealth one point had he simply you know looked at uh, trying to get some linear cash flow out of that seven hundred fifty thousand dollars at eight percent, he would be getting about sixty thousand dollars per year. But now. If he deployed that $4 million into simple 8% cash flowing assets, he would be making $320,000 per year. So the name of the game, you know, the idea here is to grow that principle until you're ready to flip the switch. And when you want to flip the switch, if you do, then you get into something that's linear cash flow and, you know, you sail off into the sunset, you know, you get a couple of you know, those bathtubs and uh, the Cialis commercials. And, uh, and you know, that's the end of the story. Now, again, I know the modeling is simplistic, but if nothing else, it's illustrative of the power of the wealth 2.0 model, which is, you know, important. The difference between the two approaches is the difference between checkers and three-dimensional chess. And, and, and it's really uh, very powerful once you get into it. And those of you who have been using this formula for the last even three, four years are really seeing it now. Now, of course, this is not to diminish the value of straight up cash flow investments. You may want to have some of those in your portfolio as well. Uh, after all, mailbox money does certainly make you feel good. You know, you just get it, you, know, you open up your mailbox, your bank account and boom, deposit. That's fun. Anyway, speaking of cash flow, my guest on this week's Wealth Formula podcast 
Well, he spends a lot of his time looking into cash flow investments. His name is MC Lobsher. MC Lobsher is also known as the Cash Flow Ninja. Now, MC's actually a friend. He's a really good guy. The podcast ecosystem is full of, you know, a lot of of characters that I'm I don't, you know, but MC's not one of them. He's he's uh, he's a great guy um and I like him a lot. He's got a very successful podcast called The Cash Flow Ninja. Uh, so when we come back from the following messages, we will have our interview with MC. What do the Rothschilds, the Romneys, and the billionaire hedge fund managers know that you don't about growing and protecting wealth? As you might imagine, the wealthy have a few tricks up their sleeves. One strategy allows you to grow wealth tax-free at a compounding rate with no volatility. It protects your money from creditors and lawsuits and it lets you invest the same money in two different places at the same time. How about that for amplifying wealth? To learn more, go to wealthformulabanking.com. Again, that's wealthformulabanking.com. Self-storage is a necessary evil. It's where you keep your stuff and forget about it. No wonder the stuff is so profitable and recession resistant. The Wealth Formula community, well, we've benefited from that. We've made lots of money in this space with Reliant Real Estate, one of the largest self-storage companies in the country. With an average investor internal rate of return of almost 34%, with hold times just over three and a half years, these guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest on Wealth Formula Podcast, well, a lot of people probably already know him. He's got one of the biggest podcasts in the personal financial space, investment space, MC Lobsher, aka the Cash Flow Ninja himself, who is a who's a, also a friend and a really good guy. MC, welcome back to Wealth Formula Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Buck. Great to connect again. Yeah, man. So, you know, for people who don't know you, I just want to kind of give you a, get a little bit of a background. Uh, so who's MC Lobsher? I mean, and is that that accent is that, you know, is that uh, you're, you're, you're not from Texas, right? <laughs> It's not a Pennsylvanian one, right? Um, yeah, right. no. So I'm originally, I'm originally from South Africa, and I actually uh, came to the U.S. 20 years ago. It's wow, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. My wife and I just realized that the other day we were chatting, and she's like, "When did you come again?" Yeah. I said 2001, and I'm like, "Wow, that's 20 years." It's uh, but I uh, grew up, uh, grew up in South Africa, born and raised over there, um, and. Um, after university, started traveling a little bit around the world. Um, I uh, played I, I played sports at a pretty high level. Uh, I had a, a college scholarship and a full ride in, in college for for rugby. So I traveled quite a bit and played. Uh, ended up in the United States and I ended up playing in a league year um, and ended up being part of um, the men's national squad for a, co- a couple of years in the United States. And, you know, besides the, the sports, one of the things that really struck me when I came to the United States and um, having uh, traveled quite a bit was just, you know, I was just blown away by the upward mobility yeah. available to anyone that's willing to work their butt off in the U.S., right? Um, it was just blew me away. Um, and uh, I was pretty excited to, uh, 
to see what I what I can build and what I can produce over here. While I was traveling for sports, I um you know a lot of guys pick up habits, not all necessarily good habits. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you, there's a lot of downtime, you know, that guys when you're traveling and flying and so forth. So uh, some guys plugged into video games, other guys plugged into other stuff. I picked up some books and started reading on economics and finance, and yeah. uh, came across um, a book that are many of your listeners and, and viewers will be familiar with. Uh, so Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And I kind of went down the rabbit hole and took action right away, bought my first property. This is now uh-huh. 20 years ago too. And, um, you know, uh, that opened the doors for me for cash flow investing because I really just, uh, I had this light bulb moment after I bought my first property. It was a, it was a, a uh, a single family a, a con- condominium at that stage added as well, uh, took action. Um, and after I paid all the bills associated with that, there was money left over. And I'm like, wait a second. How many yeah. times? <laughs> yeah. Is there a catch? How many times can I do this? How many right. properties can I buy? Right. Um, so that really started that cash flow journey for me. Um, and I have really just uh, pursued, uh, pursued cash flow investing since then, um, right up to about almost six years ago, I started the Cashflow Ninja podcast to accelerate my learning curve. I figured if I speak to the best minds in business and investing once a week, um, this is going to accelerate my learning and I'm going to pick up new things, uh, which it definitely has. Um, and, and um, you know, I started that show five, six years ago and um, yeah, now we're, we're, we've been listened to and downloaded in 180 countries and millions of downloads around the world. And uh, it's turned into an educational platform, which we've built out significantly over the past uh, year. Um, and then I'm also invested in a lot of other uh, different businesses and uh, investments and so forth. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. <laughs> it is a, a couple things that you say really st- st- stick out to me. One is the, the idea of the upward mobility and it. I'm always shocked about sort of the, uh, you know, you hear from people who are like, you know, who've been in the U S for a long time about how there's lack of upward mobility. <laughs> Right. But but when you compare it to other countries, there is no other country like the U.S. I mean, I I'm one generation from, you know, poor, you know, poor family in the third world. Right. Not enough to eat. And here I am doing a personal finance podcast talking about people making millions of bucks and stuff like that. It's just insane. Um, so, the, so, yeah, I mean that, I'm glad you, you talked about that. The other thing that occurs to me is I think, you know, you were on a couple years ago. I mean, it's, it's been a little bit of time, but the, um, just hearing about how much you've done, even in that short period of time, you know, <laughs> it goes back to that idea that people grossly overestimate what they can do in a year and grossly underestimate what they can do in three, four or five years. It's, it's just so good for you on that part. I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, obviously your, your podcast. First, I want to ask you, you know, in terms of the podcast, what, you know, when you started versus now, and it's yep. been, I don't know, how long has it been? Uh, yeah, almost six years, six years. So it's a lot. What have you, in your own sort of uh, philosophy, and, and you know, you and I have talked offline about you know how mine has changed since taking the purple pill. Uh, yeah. What? How has yours morphed during that period of time as you've 
talked to a lot of successful investors and, you know, sort of changed your own philosophy? How, how has that morphed? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I just want to uh, touch on one thing that you mentioned too. You know, it's, it's quite incredible sometimes when uh, I speak to folks in the United States and I see their response when I talk about the upward mobility and I said, literally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you won a lottery ticket by being born here yeah. as opposed to everywhere else um, and because there's such an abundance of opportunities. And yeah, and, and, and from the podcast too, you know, the, 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 the podcast has kind of grown significantly because essentially, um, you know, I, I love learning and I'm a student and I'm doing that too. Uh, and I'm still learning, but I'm also starting to teach more and more and more um, and stepping into that role, which has been a lot of fun. Because when you teach something, you really, I mean, that's when you actually learn, right? Uh, and you you learn, yeah. you learn even the, the topic and the subject matter even better yep. and, and get to understand it even, and it increases your understanding. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, and I, I always, you, you've heard the the cliche or the, uh, you've heard people say, if you want to, if you want to understand something, teach it. Right. And it definitely, definitely rings true. But um, yeah. And, and I went pretty broad with it. I went pretty broad with a show, you know, business, yes. uh, real estate, commodities, cryptocurrencies and blockchain investing, uh, paper assets and so forth. Um, and we've stayed pretty broad and we've, we've, we've talked about different, um, different trends and, and so forth. But um, yeah, we have spent a lot of time focusing more on specific niches where there's opportunities now, um, you know, real estate obviously being one of them and, and so forth. But it's, it's been a lot of fun. I continue to learn. I continue to get, you know, pick up something every single time I speak with someone. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's been an incredible ride. So, but, and, and also what you said, I couldn't in my wildest imagination of thought you know, five, six years into it, it's grown into to what it is. And it's just doing something consistently over and over. You know, I still reflect back and I smile at it, you know, six months into this, you're like, is yeah. only my mom and my, my sister listening? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? No. Yeah, yeah, that, you know, I had to actually quit my podcast after the first few episodes for a year because I was like, why am I doing this? No one's listening. This is silly. Yeah. Then I took it back up, luckily. Um uh, yep. But during that time, though, like, give me one thing that you used to think, but now you don't think that that's the case and you think totally differently. <laughs> I'm putting wow. you on the spot because that's a tough one, right? But yeah, what did you used to think that you think differently about now because of this journey? I used to have a mindset, too, of um, having to think that I have to figure everything out myself mm-hmm. and, and know everything that I know everything about a specific topic matter. And what I came to realize is, look, I need to have a certain level of understanding and a certain level of competency, but then I only have to partner with the best person mm-hmm. uh, and, and, or have team members to then fill in the rest. So um, I can focus on my, my skill set and my capabilities and bring in the other folks. You know, we always heard, and in sports that I, that I played, they were always like, well, you have to focus on your weaknesses. Well, essentially, you know, that was kind of the mindset that I had where with, with the show and, and just in, just in my business and, and, and in the other investments too, it's like, no, 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 I, I need to focus on what I'm good at. 
because that's going to be the a multiplier for me. And then I need to partner with a relationship that has the complementary skill set and capabilities, and that'll be another multiplier. So I always talked about, you know, um, my lane, because people are like, MC, you're involved in so many things. What's your lane? Right, right. <laughs> you can't possibly have all these lanes. You're human. You're not yeah, a robot. Yeah. And I said, sure. no, my lane is is people. Uh, people is, is what I'm focusing on. I invest in people. Um, and I uh, vet people because I know if I can find the cash flow ninja in the space, um, that is an absolute monster uh, in the space that he or she is in, um, and I, I can partner with them, I know that then I can capitalize on opportunities in that space. So I, I, you know, I don't need to be the, the person that, that has every single thing down, but I need to have a certain level of understanding, a certain, certain knowledge base, and then I can find the best folks to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It's all about, you know, finding the right people. And this whole business was, was certainly in real asset space is, is really about, you know, uh, operations and it's about the people unless the asset, right? Every, everybody can, yep. you know, McDonald's doesn't make the best burger. I happen to like McDonald's a lot, but, uh, <laughs> but, but it's hard to argue that they are the best burger in the world, but yet they are best-selling burger. And there's a reason for that. It's, it's because it's the best run company in that space. So um, yep. you have a book coming out. Tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah. So the, the book is called the 21 best cash flow niches. Uh, and this will be available October 1st, but um, yeah, it, you know, essentially the question that I get asked more than any other question uh, besides where I'm from when I hear my voice, is uh, MC, you've interviewed over 700 people on your show. Uh, you have had folks talking about different businesses and commodities and paper assets and real estate, all these different niches in real estate and blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies. What are some of the most interesting niches uh, that you've covered on your show? And this kept coming up over and over and over. So I figured, you know what? Um, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go ahead and put it all together uh, in a book for folks to uh, share the 21 based cash flow niches, and I also threw in some bonus niches in there because it was tough. It was tough to narrow it down, sure, right? Sure. Um, and I have to over deliver, of course. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been a lot of fun actually reflecting. Because uh, I work through, you know, you go back through your library of all the interviews that you've done and all the interesting folks that you've had on, and you revisit uh, revisit all of that. Uh, but it's been it's been a lot. It's been very a lot of fun doing it. A book is a different thing, you know. I know you <laughs> you you've been down that road. It's a different animal. So yeah. if you give me a microphone or you know uh, tell me to 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 speak. Um, somewhere. Uh, I, I can, I can do that, but a book is a different, it's a yeah. different animal. <laughs> so let's, let, let's, let's kind of drill down on that. All right. So we're not going to give them all away here. All right. Yep. Give give, yep. give me a few that we might not, uh, we might not think about and, uh, and you know, why you think they're good, good opportunities. You know, there's a, there's a couple of ones that plays into trends now. That's pretty interesting. Um, 
So yeah, of course, there's going to be certain businesses in there, certain real estate, uh, different types of real estate in there. Uh, there's two asset classes that that you know very well in there: yeah. multifamily real estate and also self storage. Um, but there's some there's some interesting niches where, if you think about it. Um, that plays into big trends. So I'll give an example. One of the, uh, the asset classes that I cover in there is cell tower investments. Mm. That's a very interesting business. Um, and if you think about it, you know, we, we all know when we're not near a cell tower or we're running out of reception. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then the next thing becomes, we never think about it as a cash flow potential opportunity or a business. But essentially, there's so much growth in that industry um, there's, I mean, a significant amount of uh, development going into uh, cell phone tower infrastructure, and there's a massive business opportunity be- because of this. Um, we've driven around them. We've seen them. Um, it's real estate that's that, that, that has a cell phone tower on it. Uh, there's tenants of that cell phone tower. They're usually carriers with pretty big bank accounts. Um, so it's secured by good, solid carriers. Um, so there's a there's a huge opportunity in that to either develop a cell phone tower project yourself, uh, sign the uh, uh, the carriers up, the leases, uh, your tenants, and then sell it to a group of investors for the cash flow. So there's folks that do that, and then there's a group of investors that can actually buy that that cell phone tower and then uh, collect the cash flow from it. I thought it was pretty interesting. And especially, I mean, as we're going from 4G into 5G and the internet of things and, and, and so forth, you're just going to see more and more of those opportunities. So I found that that was a very, very interesting one. Um, you know, one thing that's very interesting too, and it's playing into another trend is uh, agriculture and the mm-hmm. niches within agriculture. You know, we all think of, yeah, sure, farmland, food, livestock, um, but there's also uh, some great niches within that. So, for example, you know, timber and teak is a is an investment that I found pretty interesting. You know, it was it caught my attention, uh, and then I looked into this, and then I'm like, wait, wait a second, wow, like Ted Turner has like how many acres of like yeah. teak? You know, the Harvard Endowment. You know, these are like mega, mega uh, money uh, management uh, teams. They're in- invested in this. Why? Yeah, am I missing something here? Right. Um, it stabilizes, you know, these portfolios pretty well. Uh, it's not, again, it's not, it's not sexy. It's not great cocktail party conversation to say that I've got a bunch of land with trees on them. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's better than saying you own a bunch of ugly apartments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the but the last time I checked, you know, even if, if there's an economy that crashes, if there's a you know pandemic, trees still grow. That's true. Uh, you know, you know. So it was very interesting to to learn more about that uh, that investment and and different investments in agriculture and um, you know obviously doing research for the book. You know, you start to see the numbers of the demand that there will be for. Um, for certain niches, even within agriculture, I think Jim Rogers is uh, is pretty famous for talking about that and the opportunity that that will have for investors in in the in the next coming year. So that was that was very very interesting stuff. Um, obviously, music royalties is also very interesting. Sure. That was a very interesting topic. Uh, where if you think about it, you know, every time you hear a song plays, somebody's right. getting paid, yeah. and it was interesting to learn more about that business too. Um, you know. It might, 
it might be a partial royalty on a song. It might be a full royalty. It might be one song out of an album. You know, um, Michael Jackson, for example, just his estate has been paid like over a billion dollars since he passed just on royalties. Hmm. Um, So that was a fascinating, you know, fascinating uh, industry to, to learn about too. There's a lot of, a lot of interesting niches. I mean, you know, one thing that I've learned there's, there's different niches, but you know, you really realize there's so many ways to do this. There are yeah. folks that there's just so many different ways to, uh, you know, to build businesses, to create wealth, to invest in different asset classes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I'm, I'm curious along that lines because, you know, obviously, uh, you know, my philosophy has been always about, or not always, but certainly in, in recent years, especially um, after, um uh, you know, maybe tra- chasing some shiny objects, so to speak, uh, that I've, I've said, well, I'm going to keep it boring. Right. Yep. Um, how do you balance sort of, you know, having these different types of investments? And I don't know if you've invested in all these things or not, but, uh, yep. for me, you know, one of the most time consuming and difficult things, um, is, you know, learning about a new area and then probably even harder than that, you know, finding the right people and, you know, and, and the teams and all that stuff. How do you, you know, how do you balance that? What's your philosophy on that? That's a great question. And um, I've not invested in all of these. So I'm invested in some of them. Mm-hmm. And my philosophy is, is the very similar to yours. Like I invest in things that I know and understand and I immerse myself in them. So I'm invested in a, in a couple of asset classes. Obviously, I'm invested in real estate. I'm invested in energy. I'm invested in commodities. Um, I'm invested in uh, crypto and blockchain, but also not just in the coins, but in businesses too. Um, but I'll, and, and maybe that's a good starting point. So uh, one of the, the asset classes, obviously, I talk a little bit about crypto and blockchain technologies. So... Um, you know, we, we've had conversations in the past where around, you know, 2016 or 2017, we were dabbling in it and getting involved with it. So one of the things that I really immersed myself in, um, in the past 18 months, probably 12 months of it, I really, really, really immersed myself into it was the crypto and blockchain. And it wasn't necessarily the coins, um, but it was more of the industry, the businesses that are being built in the industry. So I did the same thing where, you know, I found the top people in the industry. I studied everything that I could that they've put out, whether it be books, whether it be podcasts, whether it be videos and so forth. Then I looked at other things that they offered, um, whether it be, you know, a course, which is an intellectual shortcut. You know, these days, you know, one of the programs that, that I enrolled in, could I have learned everything probably by myself? And did I know some stuff of that already? Yes. But it probably would have taken me, you know. Yeah. You're paying <laughs> two for time. years to know, yeah. to know, but I could tap into that person's intellectual shortcut. So I did that, join a mastermind group, which I'm still still in to learn. Um, and, and why I wanted to do that was, you know, I wanted to, again, sticking with the big, the big piece, which is the non-sexy part, is um, I wanted to implement a strategy similar to the California gold rush strategy. You know, in, in during the California gold rush, um, you know, in 1849. And so the folks that really made fortunes wasn't necessarily the folks that, that panned or dug for gold. 
but it was the folks selling the shovels yep. and the picks yep. and the equipment and yeah. the clothes, yeah. you know, the Levi Strauss, the boots, the housing, you know, the financial services like Wells Fargo and so forth. So I wanted to see how do I do this in that space? And it was interesting to see that there's a lot of ways to do that already. And there's a certain type of approach as an investor. There's obviously a, a approach as a speculator, which huge upside potential, but I wanted to learn more of that. So that's kind of my philosophy and my uh, approach. And, you know, uh, wh- how I approach these things is I, I have certain uh, asset classes that I know and I understand. Um, and then I look for the best folks in them but I really deep dive and immerse myself in an asset class if I'm going to uh, invest in that asset class. Um, even though I'm partnering with someone, whether I'm putting up the capital or I'm bringing something else to the table, um, that's kind of how I approach that. But yeah, because otherwise, like like you mentioned earlier, the shiny object stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. challenging. Yeah. yeah, and the other thing that I would also say strategically from a strategy point of view is um, what is it? What is the asset class? What what is it supposed to be doing, and why would you own it? Right. You know, is, I keep asking myself those questions too. So I know exactly what it is, what it's supposed to do, and why I would have it in, included in my strategy. You know, we talk about apartments uh, in there. You know, it's apartments. It's a it's affordable uh, um, living for folks, right? It's not going to go away. Last time I checked, people are still going to need a place to live. You know, five, ten, yeah. fifteen, twenty years from now, a hundred years from now. And the same thing with cell storage. People are going to need a place to, to park stuff. So um, a lot of these things, I ask, why am I doing this? What am I? Why am I investing in this? What is it supposed to do? What does it do for me? You know, and that's why, for example, I have real estate, but I also have some energy stuff because there's some t- there's some tax advantages in that too. Sure. Um, and when it comes to the crypto and the blockchain, is like, what is it? Well, it's cryptocurrencies, it's blockchain technologies. Even the technology will roll into industries. It's very new. It's very volatile. It's very small. What is it supposed to be in my in my in my strategy? Well, as an investor, I can position myself. Uh, we're in businesses that eventually will provide a, a ton of value to cryptocurrency and blockchain uh, investors, tax services, estate planning, right. asset protection, you know, that kind of stuff. You're going to need all of that stuff in that industry anyway, sure. as it's growing and growing. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah. And, and, you know, before, uh, before I let you go, I want to, you know, obviously you're, you're pretty involved with uh, digital currencies and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I want to make sure I get a, your read on where we are in this market. How long is this bull market going to go? What 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 do you think is going to happen? Obviously, you can't predict the future, but but you're <laughs> you know you're probably uh, you know you're probably more ingrained in this than I uh, you know by far in a way more than I am. Tell tell us about your forecast for the digital currency market here. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting, interesting time. Um, when there was the crypto winter, some of the folks that I were talking to at that stage was just sharing with me the innovation that's coming in there. You know, you think about the industries that the smartest folks are going into right now. They're going into biotech. They're going into crypto and blockchain. I mean, the smartest folks in the, on the planet, because that's where all the innovation is. They're running into, into those industries. So I think you're going to keep seeing a ton of uh, innovation in a lot of the projects. I think you're going to see a ton of new uh, types of 
types of uh, businesses being built there, ancillary and complementary businesses to what's already developing in that ecosystem, whether it be the coins, whether it be, you know, the blockchain projects, whether it be decentralized finance, you know, so that's only one element, for example, in that ecosystem. I think you're going to see a lot of businesses that are going to position themselves to figure out how they can plug in to, for example, the decentralized finance space and provide uh, products and services to that. So I think you're going to see innovation, as I mentioned, uh, with tax companies there, legal companies there, um, trust and estate planning companies, insurance companies. Um, You're going to see all those types of companies coming up. So there's going to be a lot of innovation in there from a price perspective. I think that, yeah, I think that we still have a little bit of legs on this one of course you know buyer beware that's right right. (laughs) it's a bumpy road i think there's still yeah it's a very bumpy road i think there's there's still a leg up on this one um if you look at um you know the bitcoin which is kind of like the the biggest the biggest Mm -hmm. of them um you know and if you look at what's going on there and how it is essentially coded to uh, provide uh, you know a certain amount of coins, and and a lot of folks are are, are entering into it. Uh, exciting stuff going on, right? So you've got payment processes incorporating uh, Bitcoin into what they're do- currently doing, and we've got companies position positioning capital reserves. I mean, did you? I mean, I know you're you're smiling. I mean, the two of us were talking. Did you ever imagine that happening? I mean, we thought it was going to happen, right? But it's still like seeing it happening is kind of crazy. Um, And then also you have got essentially a country that now uh, (laughs) has made it legal tender, you know, El Salvador. And now other countries are interested too. So from a price action perspective, it's going to be a roller coaster ride up and down and sideways and so forth. But, you know, the ecosystem will grow. The adoption will grow. because more and more folks are, are realizing and recognizing, especially in a time like today, um, globally, that uh, fiat currencies are being devalued at a record pace. So if you're, you know, I was just thinking, speaking to someone the other day uh, that's from Zimbabwe, a friend of mine, and, you know, they've devalued their currencies and blew it up twice now in like yeah, two yeah. decades. Yeah. You know, hyperinflation basically twice. Right. Uh, so he's like, if you're there, what are your, what are your options, you know? Uh, well, if you have access to a smartphone and you can plug into the World Wide Web, you can you can buy, buy some Bitcoin. So I think more and more people in those countries are going to realize it. So it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of exciting things there. Um, but you have to understand, uh, you know, for your listeners too, it's it's always important to understand when you're uh, when you're saving or when you're investing or when you're speculating. So know what you're doing when you're doing it. Don't think you're investing, but you're speculating, and then all of a sudden, I know. <laughs> you know, you, right. you have a heart attack when you look at your when you look at the price movement or action on your smartphone. Yeah, that's the that's the important part. And I think you've said it a few times, which I think is a good point. If you're if you're starting to like, you know, have some sort of visceral reaction to the losses, you're probably you have too much exposure. So, you know, you just gotta be careful and, and focus on, you know, that's your asymmetric portfolio. It could make you uh you know, it could add zeros to your net worth or it could be gone and you just have to you know, you just have to know that, that that's what the deal when you go back go in, in the first place. Yep. But um, 
Listen, it's been really great talking to you. Uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously, you can find the Cashflow Ninja podcast everywhere, but tell us, tell us how we can uh, tune in and some of your things that you got going, and uh, and and even find your new book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, CashflowNinja.com is where everything's at. Over seven hundred and fifty episodes now, podcast interviews there, and um, I've got two shows that's on there, and all of the tools and resources that we have on there in the book. You can find that at cashflowninja.com forward slash 21 niches. That's two one and then the word niches. And that will get you uh, to the Amazon page. And if you buy the, the book on Amazon uh, and you uh, screenshot us uh, just a copy of your receipt and send it over to us, we'll give you access to the audio book a digital version of the book. I actually curated a ton of interviews <laughs> of uh, covering the niches. Uh, and then there's some bonus videos just covering the niches in there too for folks that are interested. That's at cashflowninja.com forward slash 21 niches. You are a seriously high tech dude, man. I'm, I'm like sort of the, uh, I'm like sort of the old man's podcast, you know, like I just pretty much had the audio and I went video and I thought it was a big deal, but this guy's got audio books. He's got, uh, I got to take some lessons. I need a book on that, but, uh, Hey, listen, uh, MC, it was absolutely uh, great seeing you again, catching up and, um, you know, we'll, let's do it again in the next, you know, see you next year when you take over the world. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. This has been a lot of fun, my friend. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, MC Lobsher is a very good guy. Um, check out his podcast. I mean, see, you know, he's got, he's very prolific, right? I think the big difference between what he's doing and what I'm doing is I'm pretty narrow. Um, I've taken, uh, uh, and, and, you know, you heard him talk about it a little bit too. He's taken sort of the broad game. Um, and to me, um, you know, like, I don't think I'm smart enough for that. I, I just have to be narrow and kind of focus in on concepts that work. Um, you know, to me, it's more, it's more of a surgical game because I'm a surgeon by training. Right. So that's the way I think, but, um, make sure you check out his podcast. He's a great guy. And, uh, by the way, just one more reminder, well, two more reminders. One, if you want to join our online community, Go to wealthformularoadmap.com, take the course, join us, and we have these bi-weekly Zoom video calls, and it's a lot of fun. The second thing is, I've noticed we really need uh, to add to our reviews on iTunes or wherever. So if you like this show, if you think we're doing a good job, uh, give us a five-star review and uh, you know make some comments. I've got some great comments. My favorite one, I think, was that um, you know, Wealth Formula Podcast was the only podcast that actually made this person money. And that, I thought, was a fantastic compliment. And so I appreciate whoever wrote that. Anyway, um, if it's confusing on how to make, uh, how to write a comment, you can go to wealthformula.com. And uh, I think there's a, you know, leave us a five-star review thing somewhere you can click on there. And uh, it's easy as that. That's it for me this week on Wealth Formula Podcast. This is Buck Joffrey signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time. 
Buck Joffrey here from Sapio with Buck Joffrey. Aging might become reversible over the next 10 to 20 years. It's already being done in lab animals, so it's just a matter of time. Our challenge? To be healthy enough for when that time comes. As a former scientist and surgeon myself, my goal is to figure out how to do that and to share it with you. I wrote a book called Living Longer for Busy People that you can download for free at sapiopodcast.com. You'll be amazed at just how a few daily adjustments can add years of a healthy life for you. Again, download it for free, sapiopodcast.com.